welcome to Let's Talk About It with Taylor Nolan. I am your host, Taylor, and I'm joined by wonderful co-host, Kit Bender. Kit Bender in the house. Mm-hmm. Kit's back with me today. It's been, I don't know, what? A few episodes? No, One I episode? Last, I, was last, I was on last episode. The episode before last. I had Alexa. Oh. It was you, then Alexa, and now you again. But oh. now you're not a guest. I don't know how scheduling works. Yeah. Last time, up, time is funny. <laughs> it is. Last episode, you were a guest. Okay. So, welcome back. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. Especially for this episode, it wouldn't feel right for it to just be me with our guest today mm-hmm. as we're discussing masculinity. Which I am an expert on, <laughs> anyone that knows me. No. Uh, it's an interesting, interesting topic. Yeah. You definitely have more experience than I do just being a male, although... Women also have layers of masculinity that they exude. Mm-hmm. How often should, can or should they be used interchangeably? Those ideas, male, male ideas, masculine ideas, female ideas, feminine ideas. Should? Should. I don't know. I don't want to shit ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to shit ourselves. No. <laughs> I don't want to shit ourselves with that. Um, But I mean, I would say that I think some of the things that we'll talk about today with like the stereotypes of masculinity, Mm -hmm. how masculinity plays a role in dating and a little bit in our mental health as well, that similar things could probably be found with the stereotypes of femininity on women. True. True. So. Do you think it is like stereo, use the word stereotype, Mm -hmm. but how much of like the way that we express in society is stereotype and how much of it is like authentic, authentic behavior? Yeah. Um, I think there's like a little bit of both. I think more often there's a lot of pressure for those stereotype things to come to the surface. Um, today we'll have our guest Diggy who was on Rachel's season of Bachelorette and was on my season of Paradise. Okay. And, um, you know, he, he had been wanting to come on the pod for a while. And I was like, you know, okay, well, what do you want to talk about? Like, what's important to you? What's a topic that you feel like isn't discussed frequently or something that you've personally struggled with? And he came up with like, you know, this stereo, these stereotypes of what masculinity is and especially in his dating. Um, hmm. And so he'll be calling in in a, in a few um, to discuss some of his personal experiences with that, some of his thoughts on it. But I think as we start talking about what these stereotypes look like, that we'll come to find that they, they're they rooted in some kind of like evolutionary um, purpose. Mm-hmm. Like there's some biology to it just with like testosterone and estrogen and, and yeah. what separates men and women. Mm-hmm. And like the history of like male, female roles throughout, mm-hmm. you know, our evolution. Which we've talked about used to being a little more binary than they are now. Yes. <laughs> the roles of male and female and of, of uh, and the expectations um, and even stereotypes around masculine mm-hmm. and feminine used to be very, yes. very different. But a lot of those, you know, those boxes are being opened and there's a lot more gray areas and spots in the middle for us mm-hmm. to live, which is uh, sometimes I think can make... Uh, make us not quite sure where we fit in if we yeah. don't start with the stereotypes. Mm-hmm. If we didn't just pick up that box of uh, masculine traits early in life mm-hmm. and carry them through, uh, figuring out which of those are worth adopting, which are worth 
um, holding on to, uh, which are worth holding on to, but maybe very loosely, like mm-hmm. with with a, with a certain kind of balance. Because um, anytime anytime you take anything and uh, identify too strongly with it, it can it can become unhealthy or unbalanced, right? So yeah. These damn boxes. These damn boxes. We keep coming back to them. We do. But that's why I love you being on the pod with me because <laughs> like, that's both where we both go. <laughs> it is where we both go. With the boxes. They are so important and they, they really do. They're like boxes almost that like we carry on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like they're with us all the time. And so they're really important to look at. I don't remember what episode specifically we really dove in to the boxes. I want to say it was a third or fourth episode yeah, really talking about on. my speech yep. with Active Minds. Um, yeah. That was second or third. But yeah, I think the conclusion we keep coming back to is there's always this initial, like when you, when you approach a topic, there's kind of initial way you have of thinking about it. And it tends to be in this like, you know, if you're traveling through the parts of your brain and you're looking through the closets, it tends to be here's a subject and then here's a box of all the things that I've collected through my life of mm-hmm. how I understand it. Uh, and often we don't take the time to open that up and, and look at what it is. We, we sometimes just... We just go with it. Go with it. Yeah. Um, but what we've seemed to continue discussing is that yeah. often when we open up those boxes, the things that we think are in there um, may, not, may not be what mm-hmm. either should be in there or maybe once we pull them out and examine them, we're like, oh, wait, there's a whole lot of other things that this needs to integrate with in order to be effective. Well, and that sometimes the things that are in the box are actually just you shooting yourself. Mm-hmm. And you got to be real careful and not shoot yourself. Don't shoot yourself. So I want to take a quick break to tell you guys that the FabFitFun Summer Box is now on pre-sale. These boxes start shipping May 23rd. For those of you that don't know, FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box for women to treat themselves and discover new products. One of my favorite things about FabFitFun is that the boxes actually deliver full-size fashion, beauty, home, fitness, and wellness products. No sample sizes. It's delivered four different times a year for just $49.99 a box. And like I said, no samples of anything. So some of the products that you're getting are worth more than what you're actually paying for the whole box itself. Sign up for FabFitFun today to get your summer box. The FabFitFun summer box is in limited supply and these boxes always sell out. Use my code TAYLOR to get $10 off your first box. Go to fabfitfun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well-lived. Use promo code TAYLOR to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 worth of products for only $39.99. Go to fabfitfun.com and use my code TAYLOR to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. But okay, back to the show. Um, And so, I mean, I'm curious... You and Diggy both, I feel, don't fall under the stereotypical, like, masculine appearance even. Um, and, and maybe not appearance, but I guess, like, style. Like, people recognize Diggy. They remember what Diggy looks like because mm-hmm. he was on television. Um, how would you, like, describe your, like, fashion, like, your style? Well... And like how that like blends or doesn't blend with like what stereotypically we would identify as masculinity and like what do you see as stereotypically masculine? Well, let's let's think 
for just a second then about what the stereotypes of masculine style are. Yeah. And then so that I can differentiate if mm-hmm. with what with the way I approach yeah. style. So um when I think of a masculine style, I think stereotypically it would I, I would think of that being mostly aligned with um well because I think style and the way that people express themselves through their through their clothing and through their fashion has only very recently become a thing that people really chose super consciously. I think a lot of times it more had to do with your profession. Yeah. You dressed in a way that, you know, if you worked in a certain place or you lived in a certain part of town or a certain mm-hmm. community or a certain part of the world, you dressed that way, in that way. So, um, And that has a lot to do. I mean, that's uh, how you're introducing yourself, you know? And that's how you're introducing yourself. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people, they would, they would dress in a way that would say, hey, I'm a, a coal miner or I'm a, mm-hmm. you know, a businessman or I'm a, <clears throat> a blacksmith or whatever, whatever they were doing. And so if you look at traditional stereotypical masculine roles and then you think of the way they they dress you think of things like um um boots and things Mm -hmm. that uh are exemplary of very hands-on um Mm -hmm. working with your muscles and maybe outside of whatever those are those are tend to be considered when we think of masculine things we think of cowboys and we Mm -hmm. think of people riding motorcycles and all that kind of thing and and yeah that they're tough that they're tough. That they got muscles. Yes. And they sweat. Yes. From working hard. From working hard and they're, they're maybe calloused and yeah. they smell a little like grease. I don't know. Maybe we're, doing, we're, <laughs> we're taking that maybe too far. But they're, they're, those are just some of the, like, the weird stereotypes that can come, in, yeah. come into the head that uh, when we think of masculine fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I I mean how how would you, do you differentiate my fashion just as an observer from those mm-hmm. stereotypes? Well, I'm going to describe what you're wearing now. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Be very detailed. It's a podcast and so we want to create a very clear image yeah, yeah. for the good people. Um so we got a beanie. Okay. We got a beanie first off. Indoors. Strange. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um we got these glasses that are like Shaded with red and yellow, mm-hmm. like a like an ombre. Like a, the top half is red and the bottom half is yellow. Okay, we got the beard, which I'm gonna consider an accessory. Yeah, it's a, it was a conscious choice to grow it and to, to yes. have it be the way it is. So I think of it kind of as an accessory. Yes. Um, we got the scarf. We got the red, white, black, like Burberry patterned. Scarf. Yes. We got... Do you have a comment on the scarf? Well, it was made in Ireland. Yeah, I, I so. knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got a black long sleeve sweater looking thing with like a zipper from like the nips up, like from the chest up and some buttons on there. Okay. And the front of the sweater is like ribbed. Okay. And then you got some jeans and then you got some sneakers. Yeah. So yeah, I think, is there anything I'm missing? No, no. Top down, that, that did it. Um, so what, 
there are some things I think in this ensemble which I didn't put together on purpose, thinking we were going to be. <laughs> and you're speaking into it. a purple microphone. <laughs> and I'm speaking into, hey, that's your fault. <laughs> you choose the microphone colors. I um, I didn't choose this specifically, knowing you were going to analyze it. Um, so I'm I'm thinking like, what what of this is or would be considered in some way stereotypical masculine? I got you know I think good pair of blue jeans. That's kind of a masculine yeah. thing, right? Um, the scarf, not as much, not mm-hmm. as much. The beard, yes. I think beards are yes. often associated with masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, g- glasses and beanie indoors. Again, when we, when you think about what region you're in as mm-hmm. well, like you also just have a very like Seattle look. True. Like this may be a look that maybe is less accepted or considered masculine in somewhere like Mississippi. True. But in Seattle, it like, it blends. It blends. What, what I like is when I'm dressed in a certain way and someone meets me for the first time and the first thing they ask is, because so, you know, often that, you know, you meet someone, they say, you know, what do you do or whatever. I like it when people guess first. And they guess what you do? Yes, because most of them say, artist or artist of some kind. Mm. And so I actually dress the way I do on purpose in ways that are a little, like I, I like to add things like a glass with a glasses with pink and yellow tint in them and be wearing a scarf because I like it when people are like, oh, what, what do you do? Are you an artist of some kind? Because that just makes the whole explanation of it easier as opposed to really trying to you know, dress in a really like, you know, in, in, in a way that people don't know or uh, aren't, aren't sure. Mm-hmm. Or they could say, oh, maybe he works in accounting or maybe he's a whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I like dressing in a way that people go there early. And that sometimes means doing, ex- accessorizing in a way that mm-hmm. isn't traditionally masculine. Well, but I think that you raise a, an important point here, which is that like your appearance feels to identify with who you identify to be. Yes. That you identify as an artist and mm-hmm. that's something you really like and enjoy about yourself. And so you, you design your outer appearance to uh, complement that and to be in alignment with that, even if that isn't something that's stereotypically masculine. And so I'm curious for you how like dating, if, if there have been things, I mean, Diggy will talk a little bit about that in, in his dating life, but I'm curious if that's ever like came up in your dating that like, you know, a woman has ever made like a comment about how you dress or your mannerisms even. I mean, I remember on, um, on paradise and just like just knowing Wells, um, oftentimes he sits with his legs crossed, like very, very, like it's, it's a hard cross. It's a hard cross. It's like the other leg that's crossed over is like underneath the other leg. Oh, like where like you get a the full cross where the ankles like hooked under the calf of yes. the other leg. Okay. Yes. Um, and so I know that for him, that that's something that like, you know, the other guys on the show are like very like, Masculine. Yeah. They're very like, yeah, I'm a man with my abs and my muscles. Right. Um, and they like to sit with the man spread. Yeah. And whereas Wells is, you know, a, 
a little bit different in that way, that he's not following along the stereotypical masculine vibe. Um, and so that was like a mannerism of his that I know has been called out and that like I recognized as like, oh, that's interesting that he's sitting, that he's sitting like that. Um, hmm. So I'm curious for you if in dating or even just like in relationships, if like any mannerisms or your appearance like have ever been brought up as like a topic of conversation or like an like interesting comment or interesting um, note? A, a, an interesting comment came to me, uh, this was a year or two ago, where um, I was on, it was a first date and uh, this this girl was like holding my hand. We were in the car and she was holding my hand and she made a very particular comment about how soft they were. And I really didn't know quite how to take huh. it. Like, is that a, was that a dig or was that a, like, cause she was like, oh, your hands are really soft. And I was like, I'm, is that, is that bad? I mean, I just I moisturized them. I don't want them to get cracked. I <laughs> use these as a, to play the piano. It's kind of my livelihood. Is that like a weird, and I really, it, it was a, I didn't know how to take it. I didn't know whether, whether that was a judgment yeah. or not. Hmm. Because it seemed like, I mean, it's just kind of an assessment of skin quality, but it, it... See, but I think on the other hand, I think how you know that it is something of note is like if a guy said that to me on a date, that would be a compliment. Right. That would be like, oh, he noticed my hands are really soft. Okay, that's right. a good thing. And, and that, that was why it was like I wanted to kind of take it as a compliment, but then I was like, wait... Is, is that a compliment? <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? Um, one thing that I'm, I'm aware of is in... Because I've, I've, in the last few years... Well, I've always been kind of experimental in what I wear. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes that's good and sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's just me exploring, like, what is my identity? Yeah. Um, and what do I identify with in, in, you know, based on where I live as I'm trying yeah. to kind of fit in? And then some of it is also just, you know, me being confident in doing the things that I want to do. Yeah. Um, and again, with where I am now, where people will just be like, oh, what, what do you do? You're kind of an artist. I've also noticed other times when I'm, you know, wearing different things that are, you know, I don't accessorize. Maybe I'm not wearing the not wearing the scarf and the glasses, and I'm just you know, I like I got the jeans and the boots and the and the V neck, mm-hmm. and it's it's much more. Um, you can't you can't read as much from it. Okay, right. It's more neutral. More neutral. Neutral man. Neutral man, and then if I carry myself confidently, often girls they they're not sure how to respond to me because mm-hmm. they want they want to almost assume based on that that I I'm going to exude more like uh, aggressive mm-hmm. male masculine traits. And I, I just, I don't really interact with people that way. I'm just yeah. like, I, just my personality is so laid back and I, I don't well, really like small talk. And, and perhaps they don't know how to react in that way also because it may, it may come across as not fully authentic to how you do identify exactly. as yourself. So I can see where then that is like, oh, like... He's dressed like this, but then I and I would expect him to be like this, but like he's not really like that. So like, how do I make sense of that? Exactly. And I, I think you, I love that you said you know experimenting with how you dress and and what your appearance is because I think that's something like important to encourage for everyone to like 
explore and experiment mm-hmm. with different ways of expression. And with our dress is like a huge way that, that, that we do that, but that's also a huge indicator of being judged for your femininity or your masculinity. So I want to take a quick break to tell you guys about 1-800-Flowers. Let's be real. If your big Mother's Day surprise consists of one well-crafted text message, you need to go back to the drawing board ASAP. Moms deserve more than just emojis. Do it right this year and celebrate mom with this special limited offer from 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, you can take care of all the mothers on your list. 1-800-Flowers will give you 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for only $29.99. Now that's an offer that mom would approve of. With a bright and beautiful mix of premium roses and a rainbow of colors, these blooms are guaranteed to make her smile. Multicolored roses are the perfect way to surprise all of the moms in your life, your wife, aunt, sister, grandma, anyone. These breathtaking roses from 1-800-Flowers are picked at their peak and shipped overnight to ensure freshness. 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for only $29.99 is an amazing offer. But hurry because it expires soon. Just pick your delivery date and 1-800-Flowers will handle the rest. Don't put this off. Order today from 1-800-Flowers.com. It's what mom would want you to do. To order 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for only $29.99, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, and enter code TAYLOR. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, code TAYLOR. All right, now back to the show. So the the way that I've come to be and come to express is uh, to first find find a way of expressing myself that people when they judge the book by the cover, because we always do, mm-hmm. when, that, when that book is being judged by its cover, we, uh, th- th- they're getting a picture of me that I'm like, okay, that's, that, that's headed the right direction, that I don't have to kind of retell my story, that they mm-hmm. can go, okay, he seems to kind of be like this. And then the second thing is just to choose a thing and then just own it. Yeah. And even if it's a thing like a scarf, which, you know, I, I don't know what the stereotypes are. I've just I've worn scarves for years. It's yeah. just been a thing, and then just owning it with a kind of confidence mm-hmm. that says, I, "I don't, I don't know exactly what box you're going to try to initially put me in, but mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is, at least I know that I'm really comfortable with it, really confident in it." Uh, and then, and then people will come to me with a different way of. Uh, of relating. It's almost like they come to me more open mm-hmm. to, oh, what is this guy? He seems to be very confident in what he's doing as opposed to, he's not quite sure what he's into yet. Yeah. Does that make sense? And I mean, how do you think that you got to that place though of being confident with that? I mean, I can imagine for some people that they would receive some negative backlash or perhaps some bullying, even if they're doing this experimenting like around high school or college time maybe. And so being confident with that scarf or with whatever, um, that, that, that might not come as easily. So I'm wondering how, how you've kind of came to that confidence place. I think our internal world is always reflected in some way into our external world and vice versa. And the things that we see and are experiencing in this physical, tangible reality is um, a mirror of what's going on inside of our Mm -hmm. internal space, energetically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, however you want to find a way to 
to talk about those things. So the work, I think, just starts internally. It starts with saying, well, who am I and what, what do I want? What do I like? And, and then experimenting from a place of internal self-confidence. Because I think people can tell when you're wearing something and you're like, oh, I don't know if people mm-hmm. are going to like this. Yep. And when you're wearing something, you're like, oh, this is what I do. And sometimes taking a little bit of, uh, you know, what, what is that? Mm-hmm. What, what, are you, what are you, that's, that's part of the, that, that just comes with it. And learning to say, oh, this is, this is a thing I got. I like it mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and being confident in that. But I think people can tell when it's a confidence that's coming from an internal space and when it's a, when it's a mask, when, when, when it's a, a front for mm-hmm. an insecurity. So for me, it, it's, it's come from doing the work of figuring out who I am and what and what yeah. what I want to be, and then I can say, okay, how do I express myself in a way that um, is most accurate mm-hmm. and gives people as little to wonder about, so that I can just get to the good stuff, that I can get to the real conversations and not mm-hmm. not the the judgment conversations or the surface level things. Yeah, that you've done the work in your box. In the box, yeah. And the last episode that you were on, you were on as more of a guest mm-hmm. and. In that episode, you opened up about your experience with being in an an abusive relationship. And typically when we talk about domestic violence, we automatically envision that it's a male perpetrator and Mm -hmm. a female victim or survivor. Um, So, you know, I think partially wanted to do that episode to have a male's perspective, partially because... Cats are playing. I, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a, a let's talk about an episode without a few cats in the background. Yeah, without it? Theo and Lily playing around over there. Um, but that, you know, I think it takes a lot of courage to speak up as a male in an abusive relationship because that kind of goes against the grain of this like masculine, like you're a strong man, like you're not going to be abused by a woman, um, that kind of notion. And I'm curious how being in that relationship and experiencing that, like, I guess, sorry, I guess you're kind of on as a guest again today <laughs> as I interview you. <laughs> um, but how that experience in that relationship impacted your perceived masculinity about yourself? Well, I think a lot of the, uh, a lot of the reasons I was able to first get into that relationship and then stay in that relationship were a result of some very underdeveloped masculine traits that many masculine traits, um, like being able to assert yourself, which is kind of, kind of just my personality. I don't have a, like a super assertive personality, mm-hmm. but like any kind of bold assertion, uh, any kind, any, almost, almost any kind of sexual expression at all. Um, and any kind of aggression, mm-hmm. a, a lot of those kinds of traits were, were very much pushed down by, by the community that I kind of grew up in. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the what I what I was able to be um, what I was what I was able to allow in that relationship. A lot of that did come from underdeveloped masculine traits, hmm. uh, from from work that I hadn't done yet, or as as a result of not doing some of the internal work mm-hmm. to 
uh, to to balance out those masculine traits because I think masculine and masculinity is like anything where uh, it's it can it's good to develop the traits, but then if they don't have a balance, if they don't fit in your box. Well, don't force them. Well, that that comes to an interesting thing of like nature versus nurture. Like we have, mm-hmm. we have, like I have within me a way I way I was raised, but I also just have my personality. Mm-hmm. I have just kind of the biological levels of testosterone that I have yeah. or don't have, and some of that I can I can um, some of that I have control over. Like I, it feels better when I'm working out and when I'm you know mm-hmm. eating healthy and all that kind of stuff. It's like all those masculine traits are more able to be balanced in me and then mm-hmm. but when I'm uh, not not sure of myself and I'm you know then then it, it gets in balance but yeah a theme that I've noticed particularly this week as I've uh, you know had different interactions with different male friends that working out and the feeling of being strong mm. is so important to like self-worth and to uh, just this feeling of confidence, this feeling like you're happy and like you're doing well in your life that like when you're at the gym, when you're working out and when you're fit and when you feel strong, that that is like very important. And I think that's something I've always known as like a, as a layer, but mm-hmm. it's just been interesting this week, especially as knowing that we're recording this episode that like in multiple interactions with men, that that has been a theme of feeling strong makes me happy. And I go to the gym regularly. Yeah. Cause it, it makes me feel good. Right. And that good is, is because I, I feel strong. Yeah. Uh, yes, I think those are definitely connected. Um, but I think what's, I have found important to, um, to be aware of is while that is, is true, I've learned that the way that I really do like to work out and the way that I, um, really love moving my body is through yoga. Mm-hmm. Which is has uh, in the West in the United States has predominantly has female. Predominantly female. Mm-hmm. It's very common that I'm the only male in a class, but it's also very difficult to be you know to like a an intense yoga class works works the body and the muscles in a really really intense way mm-hmm. that is not the same as you know like just quote pumping iron you know yeah. Um, but it's it it has a much more feminine stereotype, mm-hmm. and so for me it's been it's been learning like it all kind of has like a yin and a yang to it. Like Absolutely. there's there's always there's a little bit of masculine in the feminine, and there's a little feminine in the masculine, and figuring out how those interplay. What is the thing that maybe has a a feminine stereotype, but can actually have also a masculine expression? Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's a thing that maybe has a a masculine, fem- a masculine stereotype, but then can have a, a also a feminine expression, a feminine element to it, in order so that yeah. it stays balanced. So for me, it's like, how can I drive myself and push myself and feel strong and confident in my body, mm-hmm. but also do it through, you know, through a very f- fluid movements, mm-hmm. like in a thing called yoga. Do you ever like question yourself when you go and do that? Like when you go into your class and you see you're the only male there, is there a part of you that's like? Mm. Should I be here? Am I no. supposed to be here? 
No. No, because uh, when I started taking yoga I, four years ago, I was really uncomfortable in my body, for one. Uh, and it, but for some reason, I, I went and I took a couple classes. And it's like I had a free week and I went and took like three classes in that free week. And I got to the end of that and I was like, I don't know why, but I just have to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. Everything about it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I am not flexible. I don't want to take my shirt off in front of all these girls. I don't want to sweat so much. Mm-hmm. This, the whole thing is awkward, but I just knew I had to do it. I, I, I was just like, well, sign me up for whatever lets me come <laughs> as much as I can. It lit, uh, exactly what happened. <clears throat> so... Because I started from the place of I, I'm this is for some reason, this is just the way I, I, yeah. I I'm I'm identifying with it. And then I kept doing it as my internal confidence in it grew, mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't it doesn't really matter whether there's Yeah, that's what I was gonna say, is that there there's a layer of confidence. And yes. I think for someone maybe who doesn't already have that internal confidence that finding themselves in a activity where they are the only male would question, I, should I even be here? It's like all chicks. Like what am I either it, that's a positive because then you got some options mm-hmm. to explore or it's, you know, a question of your masculinity and why aren't you doing something that more men are doing? Um, I'm also curious to discuss how this perhaps pressure from society or from peers or from you shitting yourself um, in, in being masculine, how that plays a role in mental health. Especially because men are less likely to report struggling with their mental health. Um, even with abusive relationships, men are less, less likely to report being in an abusive relationship or a domestic violence situation. Um, and so... Uh, the, the 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 sense that I come to is that oftentimes why men are reporting less of those things is because those things go against this masculinity mm. that you know even just showing emotion and showing tears that that's a weakness that's what that's what women do um, and again these are very like very stereotypical perhaps very old stereoty- school kind yes. of thoughts but I think those still play a role in us today I mean those those values or those beliefs are passed down generation after generation after generation. Um, and so to have a, to be a man and to express that vulnerability, which is often viewed as a weakness, both by men and women, um, but being a man and also being an artist and expressing yourself through your art, your music, um, you know, that, that, that that's being vulnerable on a different level. And I don't know, perhaps again, environment plays a really large part in this. And so perhaps there are more pieces of your environment that played a role in you being able to, um, you know, kind of fight against some of those masculinity pressures, masculine pressures. Um, but you know, with how that impacts male mental health of not perhaps feeling confident or, feeling comfortable coming forward with something that you're struggling with emotionally um, and like reaching out for help about that, that like reaching out for help is seen as this like weakness that like you're not, you're not man enough to handle it on your own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I look at it like 
Well, for for one, I I do think there is a generational lessening. That's not the right way to say that. But as each generation uh, learns from the previous uh, generation, but also learns from each other, I think there's an incredible difference between the way that all of this conversation would have happened 100 years ago Mm -hmm. versus 50 years ago versus even 20 years ago. There just does seem to be this this progression where people will often say, "My, my granddad was uh, or my great granddad was was really really tough, mm-hmm. and and then he taught all these things to his dad, and then uh, he taught all these things to my dad, and but my dad was a lot more sensitive than his dad, and then now I'm you know doing yoga or whatever. You mm-hmm. get you get this you get this sense that a lot of these stereotypes are being broken down slowly over time. Yeah, but it's the 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 big arc brush strokes. Of of things that are just hard for us to, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a, a record with a well worn groove that yeah. just like uh, gets put over society. And I think a, a media has a role to play in that too. Mm-hmm. When because often those uh, males are um, uh, presented in a particular way. Mm-hmm. I did a thing the other day where I went and watched a bunch of old. Uh, James Bond movies. Interesting. And it is just because I didn't I didn't watch them growing up. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a thing that I was exposed to at all. But everyone's like, oh man, they were, those are the best Bonds because mm-hmm. he was the, there's just so uh, uh, the Sean Connery ones and all those. And I, I was watching them, and honestly, in in a way, they just seem really messed up. Yeah. Like the way that the, the way that it was that he was required to be as this, you know, cause he seems like this expression of manlyhood, mm-hmm. right. And it was often seen that way. Uh, but the way that he treated women, the way that he you know, hmm. really had to exert no emotion and had you know, all, all, all these, these, these traits mm-hmm. seemed, seemed to be like just this stereotype of old masculinity. Yeah. And, and I so think, imagine if you were growing up with that, Yes, and I and I think you know maybe our, our our parents were growing up with that, and we're trying to to tell that to us. And then I I think all of us have the responsibility to take all of that and then to say you know which what of this works and what of it doesn't, yes. and then have the confidence to say this doesn't work mm-hmm. anymore, and I'm going to incorporate. This. And our kids are going to do the same thing, yeah. And we're going to fight back on it a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. this generation meaning. Uh, and say, wait, that's, that's not how we do things. You need to whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with the mental health, I think a lot of what we're dealing with is old rules yeah. and old stereotypes. And I, and I think, uh, but, I, but I think the more and more of us that are sensitive to it, I think it just begins to set a precedent yeah. of, of, those stereotypes being able to be questioned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then we get to redefine it. Yeah. And I think you are someone who is doing a good job of that. And I think Diggy is as well. We're going to bring Diggy on awesome. to discuss some of his experiences with masculinity in dating and in his mental health as well. Cool. Um, and he's also, I mean, he has a different layer of identity of masculinity as well with being a black male. So let's, let's get into that with Diggy. Awesome. Hey Diggy, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on guys? 
Not much. I'm here with uh, my co-host, Kit. Kit, you, meet Diggy. How you doing, Diggy? Kit, what's going on? How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Yeah, so Kit was sharing a little bit about like his experiences with masculinity and like what kind of the, the boxes and the pressure of like old school masculinity. Um, and me and you, we talked a little bit about, you know, your experiences with dating and how this is kind of... Uh, become a topic for you of like these stereotypes around masculinity. So what are some of the experiences that, that you've had if you're open to sharing those where like your masculinity or the stereotypes around masculinity have like become a topic for you? Um, I think, especially in dating, it's it's been, I think, hard for me to be, not hard for me to be myself, but I think you have the stereotypes that guys have to be the super masculine guy that does this X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And when you have a guy that comes along and doesn't do some of the things that, you know, stereotypical guys do, um, it makes people think not less of you, but it's like, you're not as much of a man if you don't, or, um, you're not exactly. They just, they tend to think like, okay, is this guy potentially gay or whatever, just because he doesn't fit the mold that most mm -hmm. girls or a lot of girls think a guy should. So yeah. it's always been, it's always been, you're going to be yourself no matter what. I'm not going to change who I am. I'm going to find somebody who really appreciates me for me, yeah. but you do get people that challenge you and it's like, Hey, you're different than most guys or you're different than this. Mm -hmm. And it's either like a hate it or love it type of situation. Yeah. So how would you say that you're different? What are the things about yourself? We kind of went through, um, I'm in person here with Kit. And so we went through his outfit and we're like, in what ways is this stereotypically masculine? And in which ways is it different? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was some of both. <laughs> well, well, I think what makes it different, like just for me, like just from like, some of my interests, like I'm really into fashion and I love dressing and I love shopping and stuff like that. I think just from a high level, a lot of guys don't like to, you know, shop. Yeah. It's stereotypically food. a feminine thing. That's mm -hmm. like the girls Correct. are going shopping. Exactly. And, uh, I like to, I mean, I like to look good. So I like to kind of put together my outfit or whatever. And I think that's, typically uh something that, that women like to do as opposed to, to guys so at that point when i tell somebody like yeah i really like shopping and they're like oh okay that's that's fine but a lot of guys just typically don't mm -hmm. um i mean i like some of the more simple stuff like just going out going for walks and stuff like that um just hanging out and getting to know somebody whereas mm -hmm. i think i think that one's maybe kind of in the middle but a lot of guys just like to go out and drink nonstop and have shots and all that stuff. Like have a really mm -hmm. good time, which I enjoy too. But I think on the flip side, I tend to enjoy uh, some of the other things as far as that are a little bit more laid back and just kind of relaxing as opposed to just hanging out with your bros nonstop. So um, some of those qualities that I think a lot of guys don't tend to uh, admit that they like, I'm completely fine doing that. Well, what I think is interesting is sometimes the judgments against against yeah. that kind of uh, what would be considered as non-masculine things, um, when they're done really, really confidently. Like I think of a, a guy with holding a you know an expensive scotch talking about really important things. Like that can be a really masculine thing. A guy who's right. really well dressed, mm -hmm. who like knows his stuff and he's intellectual and he's uh, you know educated in in what he's talking about and he's not just getting hammered like that that i think when when you take it 
as far as it goes, it almost like it flips. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think you're like looking at it again as like the old school masculine. Yeah. And and I think that the confidence has a large part in that. And that's something we talked about, about a little bit earlier is just like the the uncertainty and the questioning of your level of masculinity can come through in your appearance when you're not confident with that and right. like can cause other people to then question it. Um, but I think that there also sometimes is just a natural like pool of like, wait, like that doesn't, I don't understand like you're a dude, but like you like these things. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and I'm curious for you, Diggy, how you've like addressed that within your dating life. I think we've already hit it on the head a little bit, but you guys have already said it. Like you have to be confident with right. it. And I think that's what I don't, I don't waver on certain stuff. Like when you're dating or you're trying to find somebody, and I think this, this is not only a masculinity conversation, but just a dating in general, you're not going to change yourself to please the other person. Mm-hmm. So bringing it back to the what we're talking about, some of the things that I like, I'm not going to change. And if you're confident in whatever it is, like if I tell somebody, yeah, I'm, I'm about to go shopping or I can't wait to go shopping and this store is going to open up for this, or even on the flip side, um, like just going to get a massage or this or that. It's like, if I'm going to go do something, I need to be a hundred percent confident in it just right. because one, I like to do it. And two, I don't care what it is. So if it's one of going to be one of those qualities that a lot of people don't think, you know, kind of goes hand in hand with masculinity and you like to do it, that's completely fine. You just have to be confident to not really care what other people think. And that's kind of how I, the approach I took uh, going forward. If you are really confident and you are doing those things, how are women responding to that? Do you ever find that they respond uh, with intimidation? Are they ever intimidated by it? Um, they've never been intimidated by it. Actually, it depends. I feel like you, you have to break your life down into like maybe like two to three different segments. I think when you're growing up, especially like middle school, high school, you care what everybody else thinks. Right. And and it's just like, all right, you have to do whatever's the status quo. You have to do, get your hair cut a certain way. You have to shop a certain way. You have to wear this because if you don't, you're going to get ridiculed at high school, yeah. in middle school, high school. I think once you get to college, that's where a lot of people kind of find themselves. You get, you know, 20, 30,000 people or whatever, depending on your school size, that nobody knows who you are and you have another chance to kind of identify or kind of like reclaim who you want to be, try new things or whatever. And then you have like your post-college life, you're like, all right, I have a job or I've graduated and now I want to be an adult. So I think at that point, that's kind of where I've taken the, the ability and just like, you know what? I'm going to be me and I'm not, I'm going to identify whatever I want to do. The women that I've actually dated have really appreciated at this point in life um, as far as like, oh, you like to go get like a manicure or whatever or a pedicure. And I think that's something you can't like, especially that specifically, you can't just say, hey, uh, I'm going to go to the furthest, you know, nail salon from my house because I don't want anybody to see me or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you say like with your girlfriend, like, hey, let's go get manicures and pedicures. And you're like, all right. Well, he's confident himself. Like, you're not worried about going there and somebody potentially thinking you're gay or whatever. It's more so like, yeah, I like for my hands and my feet to look good because, you know, one, I think it looks great. And then two, that 
could be an attractive quality. And if you're willing to do it with your girlfriend at that point, I think it's very uh, shows that you're comfortable in yourself. So if we peel back kind of these layers of like behavior, like fashion and nails and shopping and all that kind of stuff, uh, how do you then define masculinity, both broadly and then like within yourself? That's a very ooh. That's a very good. This is my best friend, kid. Like wow, I can definitely see how you two definitely like. (laughs) I can only imagine the conversations that you two have alone. Yeah, this is why we were like we should do a podcast together. Uh This is this is great. Um, Defining masculinity uh, in myself would probably be the easiest way. Like, I, I like. So starting there, it's, it's doing what I feel comfortable with um, and not caring what other people think. And I think that's a very broad answer. Um, I think masculinity to me is, is just being comfortable in my own skin. I'm attracted to what I'm attracted to, uh, and I like to do what I like to do. Masculinity and not that obviously, you know, women can't have the same quality. It's just being confident. Um, I think we see that a lot of guys uh, play into what they think other people like, and that's what they do. And then deep down inside, they know this is not what they actually really like, but yeah. they're doing it because other people want them to do. Yeah. I personally think being masculine is just being yourself no matter what other people are, are going to, to think about you. And I think that's kind of, that's to me. That's more of a manly quality as far as just having the ability to to really not care what anybody else thinks, and that's kind of what what I kind of pride myself about being as far as um, how I define masculinity. Um, but masculinity in general, I, I think it's so hard to define. But I, I think a lot of people just think as far as somebody's really masculine, somebody who's just like they associate strength and mm-hmm. uh, leadership qualities. And I don't think that's the proper way to define it just because mm-hmm. I think women both can you have both of those qualities. So, yeah. But that perhaps um, is more of like a stereotype of masculinity. It, it's definitely a stereotype. Um, but if you see, if you, I think when somebody says, Oh, he's really masculine, they think somebody's just like, you know, strong, maybe loud, maybe he's just very confident. And I think that's probably what the average person would associate with masculinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you can like, uh, go shopping, get a great outfit, know you're looking good, know you're feeling good, look in the mirror and go like, I'm an expression of masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I think, awesome. I think, he, I think that's, that's what's hard because, and and I think that status quo is still kind of there because a lot of people are like, oh my God, look, you know, they'll tell you, you look, you look great or whatever. Who dressed you? I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, my, I did, I did. Or yeah. do you go to trunk, trunk club or do you have a style? Well, who's, who's your stylist or whatever? And it's just like, no, I, I did this. And yeah. I think that's just a little bit, you know, obviously the stereotype of people like guys not knowing how to dress or guys mm-hmm. not knowing how to shop and stuff like that. Right. Um, that's, that's there. So as long as you're confident, and I think it all stems back in that. That confidence that you need to have if you're mm-hmm. going to go against what people think is the status quo. Yeah. So how do you think, like, your the, the different way that you express masculinity um, that isn't always in alignment with the stereotypes of masculinity impacts your relationships with other men? Um, I think... 
as you get older, it's a little bit easier. But when you're younger and you try it, it makes them judge you. And mm-hmm. when I say that is you have guys that maybe are a little bit closer to what people think are is that stereotype, typical um, definition of masculinity. And when they see somebody who's straying from that, they're like, okay, dude, something must be wrong with you. Or are you, you know, are you gay or whatever? And I think guys try to throw, you know, that gay word around mm-hmm. way more than women do. I think women... Like, oh, you're a guy that likes to, you know, dress or whatever, whatever it is. And they're like, all right, that's really attractive, whatever. But guys are so quickly to say, dude, are you gay or whatever? Yeah. Um, just just because we're so not comfortable with going outside the box. So mm-hmm. um, I will say initially when you're younger and you you try to go and do stuff that's not really common along, among men, um, it can, you know, strain some of those relationships, but... I think at that point you need to realize is that somebody that you really want in your corner or somebody you really want to associate with mm-hmm. or is that somebody that's going to let you be you um, and uh, and not really hold you accountable or penalize you for being yourself. Yeah. And I think that the, you know, it's a really interesting dynamic that you bring up of like other men then jumping to like, oh, well, he must be gay or like, are you gay? Um, because then yeah. that tells us a whole other thing about what masculinity is for a gay man. That right. like, it's a whole other level of stereotypes that like gay men are feminine. And if you express a feminine energy as a male, that you must be gay. Correct. You must then like other men and be like yeah. a girl. That that makes you, you know, I don't know. It's a interesting dynamic that you bring up there and I think again that some of that goes back to like just the layer of confidence and almost like sizing up that happens that like Mm -hmm. you know perhaps it's seen a little bit intimidating or seen as a threat um, to other people's confidence levels um, and feeling like perhaps you're going against what's supposed to be masculine so then like then are you saying you know is that a um is that a jab on like my masculinity like you know are you going to judge me then if i'm like going to the gym and and being strong you know like that kind of thing um so that it's interesting that you bring that up and i'm curious for you if like being on the show at all i mean being in that environment with all these different guys like how that impacted your view of masculinity or impacted um, your relationships with other men on the show with how you like to express yourself? Um, I don't think the show actually affected anything for me. I do think it actually positively affected everything that I kind of am. I think when you go in that experience, and obviously you know, you have so much time with the guys and then for you, mm-hmm. obviously the girls, that you, you get a chance to, especially for me, I'm an only child, so when I'm in a house with 20-plus guys and we're all talking about each other's experiences or talking about, you know, how we grew up, how we, you know, the things that we've learned, um, it's I've learned so much mm-hmm. from, from just uh, getting a chance to talk and even listening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing as far as uh, the masculinity conversation, just being emotional. Yeah. A lot of guys, and I personally struggle with this, still but a lot of guys just are scared to show their emotions mm-hmm. outside of the, their girlfriend and just whatever but yeah. uh people are just scared to show your emotions so well i think that's something that definitely comes up on the show both for like 
women and men. And, you know, I can only imagine, I would love to be a producer, like an eye on the wall on <laughs> Bachelorette because there's these, this, you know, 20 plus group of guys that like, you know, there's, there's all this different, these layers of competition that bring out these different parts of masculinity and sizing each other up that like, and then you're also, you know, doing ITMs and having these like really emotional conversations. And for a lot of people, that's the first time that they really actually talk about their feelings. And we talked briefly about this before you got on, um, just about like how showing your emotions and, you know, talking about your mental health even is seen as like a weakness or that being vulnerable is more of a feminine thing. Um, and so it's just an interesting thing to think about. I would, I would agree. I think you kind of hit on the head. Like I'm not, it's weird because I claim I'm very much so a soft, emotional guy, but I do not show it and it's not because i don't think it's masculine it's just because um i it's a work in progress Mm -hmm. and like for me and it's an example my dad is a very very an emotional guy like i said i'm an only child and he would tell me he loved me all the time and i remember i think i was like 10 and he was like you know son you never tell me you love me and Mm -hmm. i just I thought it was, I would tell my mom, like, hey, mom, love you, whatever. I would never tell my dad because, and I, like I said, we have different age groups where we have our, you know, the way we, we communicate and show our emotions are different. And I thought telling somebody you love them at that age when I'm 10 was a sign of weakness. So I remember hmm. vividly telling my father, you know what, dad, I'll tell you this once. Like, I love you. And I'll let you know if it changes. <laughs> like I didn't, I, I didn't really? understand the purpose of like you love me on Monday. Like my dad worked early in the mornings as far as to go to work, so he would come. I would still be asleep at ten, like five in the morning, and he would give me a kiss on the cheek and tell me like I love you, and I would still be asleep. But it, I was just like he would do that every day before he went to work. Hmm. I purposely, per, like I didn't understand like why, do, like if you love me on Tuesday morning why wouldn't you love me on Wednesday morning and then Thursday morning? Right. So I had the, the mindset is like, look, dad, I'll tell you today on April <laughs> 1st that I love you. I will let you know if it changes. Yeah. And I, I remember telling him that and he looked at me like, <laughs> but it's April 1st is birthday. Like I'm going to tell you on well, your birthday April and that's 1st it. No. Is also April, <laughs> April Fool's, Fool's day. So do you really love him? <laughs> Well, I, I didn't want to say what today's day was, just in case whenever you guys release this podcast. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, just an interesting date an interesting to choose. Choice, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll go March 31st. Um, but but so, that's kind of how it was. I, I just I was like, yo, I love you once, and then like, I'll let you know if it changes. So being raised that way and then yeah. uh, growing into you know the man you are now, what can you say that your dad did teach you about masculinity? He taught me it was okay, like, to be, you know, my dad was very, like, he, he owned his own construction business, so he was very, very much so, like, a strong guy, yeah. big muscular guy, and it was fine, but my dad would use the love word all the time. I've seen my dad cry, and it made me realize, and it, it took a while for me to realize, it, but, like, that stuff is okay. Yeah. Like, nobody ever, like I said, this was back in the, you know, 90s and stuff like that. Obviously, my dad was married and had me, so the whole thing about, you know, him being gay was never an issue. But it's like, it showed that you can be masculine like my father was, and you can, I mean, 
still have those qualities as far as being strong, whatever. But you can still have that side where, like, we have emotions too, and I think people think we're we're weak when we show them. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you try to bottle up those things that happen, um, it just it does it manifests itself in a in a bad way. Yeah. Before we start to wrap up, one layer of this that I want to, you know, briefly touch on, um, I think that there's another level of pressure and a different kind of stereotype of masculinity surrounding black men um, versus white men. I think historically, um, you know, when we look at, like, a black man being masculine, that oftentimes that was exploited and that oftentimes it was also very sexualized. And I'm curious for you if that is something that like you've reflected on at all or something that's came up for you as like a part of how you express your masculinity, whether that's like within the black community, how that's perceived or within yourself, like identifying as who you are and then also having, you know, that other layer of your race playing a part at all. I mean, I'm just, I'm curious because I, I mean, kid is a white man and I feel like mm-hmm. there's, there's different pressures surrounding black well, men. And different with their stereotypes. Mas- yeah. And yeah. different stereotypes. Yeah. Um, I will say I, I never felt like it's, actually I will say this. I, I felt like when I was younger, um, I like to dress up and wear different stuff as far as like what I wore. And I feel like going to a school or some of the people I hung out with at the time was just like a lot of them were, you know, were black. And I feel like everybody wore this one type of clothing, whereas I kind of differed as far as how I dress and stuff like that. And I feel like that was the first thing that they brought up. And I think the one thing about the, um, maybe the African-American culture, I think, and this could be true about other cultures as well, but I think we tend not to hold back as far as we say what we think a lot of the times, the first thing we think, and we joke around and talk about each other as the way um, to show that we're friends. Stuff like mm-hmm. that. I know to this, to this day, I still talk about all my friends and that's how we know um, that we actually care about each other. But I think that uh, that part of the culture made it a little bit harder then I feel like it normally would have been um, mm-hmm. just to think like, okay, I don't want to be identified because these guys are going to be ruthless or whatever um, as far as when it comes to talking about me, talking to others about me and things like that. So I do feel like that pressure was there slightly, um, definitely, especially growing up. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that plays a role at all in your dating? Um, no, now, no, I don't feel like that plays a role as far as in my dating. Um, I feel like given where I grew up, I mean, it was a pretty, uh, I was the minority of the minority. So it was definitely mostly like a white area where I grew up, but, um, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't feel like now it's, it's not, it's not an issue. Um, it really didn't affect my dating back then for the most part. I think people like a lot of, um, you know, the girls that I dated back then, they thought I was different because I was different than the, a lot of the other black guys that was, that were in my area, mm-hmm. but a lot of them thought like, oh, like you were easier to, to take home and, and introduce to their parents because, you know, I wore, you know, polo or nautica or whatever at the time back, back in the nineties, as opposed to, you know, FUBU or whatever. And it's just like, I was more of a preppy. Mm-hmm. I was closer to what they 
I was closer to a white guy mm-hmm. than a lot of um, a lot of my you know African American counterparts, mm-hmm. and so that in itself made it hard for me, harder for me to uh, kind of be who I was uh, mm-hmm. per se. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for, um, like, being open about that or, like, reflecting on that and sharing that with us Um, because I think that's very relevant and could be something that, like, someone else is. Do you have any, uh, like, advice that you would give to people that are, like, uh, especially either guys that are trying to find their place in this, uh, you know, way to be masculine uh, in in a way that is is healthy and a healthy expression of masculine energy but also being true to themselves and then also to women that are, are are dealing with guys trying to figure out where where they are in this in this place i would say for guys for the most part you need to have and i think everybody needs to have like a person that they can confide in mm-hmm. and i think i have like my best friends and stuff like that and coming out of the show i have a whole new circle of people that mm-hmm. we can talk about um, anything with it's it's just guys that we go through this unique experience so we've i've yeah. seen people cry i've seen people all these things mm-hmm. like that but having a safe like having person that, that you can rely on yeah that social support where you can actually have the ability to talk to somebody um if you're feeling down if you're feeling up um if you have questions or whatever but mm-hmm. just know that if, if you're a guy you need to the easiest person that you can be in the world is yourself and stop trying to uh, be what you think other people want you to be or be somebody else where you'll be comfortable around your friends. So if you have to be a different person around your friends, then you probably shouldn't have them as your, your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of where we're at now. Um, so that's what I would tell the guys is make sure you have that support system and the easiest person to be is yourself. And like I said, if, if the people you want to hang around with can get with that, then you probably shouldn't be hanging around with them. That's such um, a beautiful, the easiest thing to be is yourself. That's I know. So that's, beautiful. That's, yeah. that's the quotable moment of the show for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be posted on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. With, um, uh, maybe with the picture of my awesome. outfit. There you go. <laughs> no. Easiest person to be is yourself. With whatever outfit you put on, I'm 100% oh, fine. All the scarves. Into it. Yeah. Um. But answering the second part of the question, as far as, you know, women that are dealing with guys that may, you know, question or be scared or whatever, just know it's not easy. I feel like, obviously, I feel like women get judged too by the women, but guys tend to be very ruthless as far as what they're supposed to be, you know. They should themselves a lot. Yeah, yeah, what they're supposed to be. And I feel like you have a guy that's really masculine and you have somebody in your group that's not as masculine, but hundred percent fine. We feel like we have to live up to, you know, what the other guys are in our circle are. So just know that it may be very confusing for him. Um, but try to get him to confide in you as the girlfriend or as the, you know, female friend, whatever, and just let him know that it's okay that you're interested in him. However, he is, and, uh, hopefully he can accept that. Hmm. That's good advice. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think the easiest, the easiest and the biggest thing I wanted to kind of convey is that the only thing you can, you, you cannot really worry about what other people are going to say about you. And I think you do a good job of that as far as just like you 
post-show, pre-show, during the show, you can't think 100% and do all your actions based off of what everybody else is going to you know, think. And I think the biggest thing I've learned from my experiences in the past year is that everybody is going to see you and they're going to interpret you in a different way, looking at a different angle, right. and they're not going to know all the facts. Mm-hmm. And I know that obviously this is the TV portion, but even just the people that see you, I mean, here living in downtown Chicago, the people that see you on the bus or the people that see you at work or at the gym or whatever, it's just like they see that little snapshot in your life. Um, I just want to make sure that everybody's going to judge you from a different angle. So that being said, uh, you're the only person that's going to know 100% of your life mm-hmm. and just realize that uh, you cannot take what everybody else says to you with a grain of salt and then mm-hmm. you'll be yourself and you'll be 100% fine. Yeah. And because everyone is getting like this little snapshot of you to make sure that you are showing up in an authentic way. Correct. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's beautiful. I think it was great. It was great talking with you, Diggy. You too, Kit. Like I said, a lot of guys don't know how to dress and mm-hmm. that's a hundred percent fine. Cause that's why I love to do what I do. So, um, I like to write about men's fashion, just fashion in general and stuff like that. So my blog, uh, more than a tie.com for those guys that do not want to go shopping and want to <laughs> just find some s- secret tips or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm writing about all that on my blog and stuff like that. So, uh, check it out whenever you have time. And, uh, yeah, you guys will be able to find that in the episode notes, um, the website for Diggy's styling tips. Well, thank you so much, Diggy. I'll talk to you guys later. I feel like there's still like so many things I want to talk about as far as like masculine feminine energies mm-hmm. and uh, uh, unhealthy and healthy expressions. Um, yes. Because I think there's learning to be confident within yourself is, is great, but also uh, sometimes... I've learned uh, a, a a trait that that I was pushing against a masculine trait is often maybe a thing that I've learned to that I needed to move into in mm-hmm. some way um, and and have a balanced expression of just just saying oh all masculine traits and expressions are bad um, yeah. or need balance. to be repressed you know that I, I've seen the the shadow side of that as well and sometimes mm-hmm. just saying you know like. There's some really positive things to having a good masculine uh, way of yeah. being when it's when it's balanced. And sometimes I've needed to push mm-hmm. into those things. So yeah. th- that's a whole other whole other thing yeah. that we could but talk about a, later. But it's a different way of like exploring and like experimenting with yourself and to figuring out what does feel the most authentic to yes. you. But oftentimes that requires a little bit of stepping outside of our comfort zones to see where all the magic happens. And sometimes that means putting down the expectations that mm-hmm. I've that I've gathered. And so yeah. sometimes it's acquiring a new thing, and sometimes it's just saying, I've been holding on to this way that I thought the world was supposed to work mm-hmm. or that I was supposed to be for a long time and I need to put that down. Yeah. Um, and that can be hard because if it's a part yeah. of our identity, but mm-hmm. we need definitely. that in order to pick up the good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Well, I hope that some of you guys have been able to pick up some of the good stuff from today's episode. <laughs> you guys can find Diggy on his blog, morethanatie.com. Check out our episode description notes where you can find links to different resources. You guys can email us questions, things that you're struggling about at ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. You can also find us on the gram at letstalkaboutit underscore podcast. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time.
podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Babes and Babies, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It.